Welcome to this episode of my podcast. My name is Kalsum Butt, and I specialize in training medical professionals how to get the score they need in IELTS or OET so that they can get their dream job, take their career to the next level and start living their best life with their families by providing them with bigger and better opportunities. Before I start with the main topic for this week's episode, I just want to make you aware of how you can use this podcast to your maximum advantage. This is no ordinary podcast. You can use this podcast by one, simply listening to the podcast to get some advice that will help you in your IELTS or OET preparation. Number two, actively listening to this podcast to improve your listening skills. I try to keep it short. I know you guys are very busy people, but you can use it for focused listening practice. So you can use the show notes, which is a complete transcript of each episode. You can read the episode as you listen and analyze the language, learn new words or phrases, practice pronunciation and intonation. Number three, Also included in the show notes are some comprehension style questions that you can use by reading the transcript, using your skimming and scanning techniques to answer the questions. Answers are provided at the end, but you can also check your answers by listening to the podcast. Number four, you can use it as a listening test and answer the same questions while listening. And number five, I also include a brief analysis of some useful words or phrases that I have used in the podcast, which you can learn. So it's up to you how you would like to use this tool. Please don't forget to like, subscribe and share this podcast with your colleagues and social media so that more people can benefit from it too. I talk a lot about the marking criteria in my social media and a whole and and in a lot more detail in my OET course and IELTS courses. Um, It's really the key to getting the score you need. And in this podcast, I'll be focusing on the IELTS speaking marking criteria. But if you are taking the OET, um, you know, please carry on listening because um, there's there's lots of advice that you can take away from this as well. Um, you know, the marking criteria, you know, the, the categories like fluency, vocabulary, grammar, you know, it's the same for OET and IELTS. Um, so there's still some things that are relevant for both. Obviously, there are some things that are just relevant for IELTS. Um, but do still listen, you'll still get something out of it. Um, It's such an important topic, mainly because there is so much bad advice that's given about IELTS speaking um, and for OET speaking as well. And the only way to differentiate between the good advice and the bad advice is knowing what's in the marking criteria. The marking criteria is the document the examiner has in front of them when they assess your speaking. Understanding that document means that you understand the examiner and what they want. And once you understand what they want, you can focus all your preparation on just those things. And it eliminates, it filters out all that bad advice. It makes sense, doesn't it? So obviously this is a huge topic. And like I said, one that I cover in much, much greater depth in my course. Um, There's a whole module on just 
the marking criteria and we go into a lot of detail, you know, for the OET course and the IELTS course. I can't possibly do that in a 20 minute podcast. So let me give you a brief overview of the speaking marking criteria for IELTS and how you can use it as part of your preparation, how you must use it as part of your preparation. Essentially, the IELTS speaking test is testing your ability to communicate your ideas and thoughts clearly. And that's really a key concept that you need to keep in your minds. Um, you know, it's testing your ability to communicate your ideas clearly. To go a little bit more deeper than that, communicating clearly using the appropriate and accurate grammar, vocabulary, pronunciation, and being coherent and fluent. So grammar is quite obvious. You know, you're, you're looking, making sure that you're using the right tenses and, and things like that and the, the right grammar structures, you're structuring your sentences properly, and they are grammatically correct. And it's appropriate to the question that you will have been asked. Um, and the same with vocabulary, you are using relevant, appropriate, accurate grammar, um, sorry, vocabulary, um, words and phrases, collocations that are appropriate to the answer that you are given. With pronunciation, as well, you are clearly understood. Um, obviously, you will have an accent. Everybody has an accent because English is your second language. And that's absolutely fine. Um, a lot of people go out of their way to uh, adopt a British accent for the test or an American accent. And that's completely wrong. You are wasting your time. There is nothing in the marking criteria that talks about having a British accent or an American accent, you can have an accent that's absolutely fine. The problem with accents only comes about where your accent um, kind of makes it difficult for the examiner to understand what you're saying. It's not clear what you are saying and they have to struggle to understand what you're trying to say. So, you know, just focus on being clear. Don't focus on changing your accent. Just make sure that you are pronouncing the words correctly. So focus on that aspect of pronunciation, not your accent. When it comes to coherence and fluency, coherence just means that what you are saying is structured logically. It makes sense. There is a, um, a logical structure to what you are saying. Um, you're not kind of, uh, you know, jumping from point to point. Um, you know, there, there is a flow, there is a structure to what you're saying. For fluency, this just means that you are talking at a natural pace, pretty much the way I'm speaking now, and the way that you speak in your own native language. language. You know, you're talking at a normal pace. Um, there are no unnecessary hesitations or pauses. Um, you know, we all pause and hesitate when we speak. If you listen to me speaking, I'm, you know, pausing and hesitating um, a lot, but that's natural. The problem comes about where you are hesitating and pausing, you know, after every second word. 
um, you know, then it becomes really difficult to understand what you're saying and that affects your fluency. So it's really assessing your ability to talk with flow at a natural pace. A lot of students think fluency is all about talking really, really fast. That's not fluency. You're talking at a normal pace. So that's just a quick overview, a very quick overview of the speaking marking criteria. Um, and this should be the only focus of your preparation, nothing else. What a lot of students do is they focus on giving the right answer in inverted commas or a good answer. Um, and really you need to understand there is, there is no such thing as a good answer or the perfect answer. There is just your answer. And that's absolutely fine, you know, an answer that is appropriate to you. What a lot of students, you know, they make the mistake that they think the examiner will take into account their opinions and, you know, then the, you know, the amount of knowledge they have about a certain topic um, and things like that. The examiner doesn't care about your opinions or if your opinions match with their own personal opinions. That's not what this is about. You know, they don't care about your opinions or what you did in your spare time. You know, none of that is on the marking criteria. Remember, it's an English test. Um, you know, you know, not, you know, not a knowledge test or, you know, uh, or anything like that. It's an English test. Um, you know, you need to focus on answering the question. And I know that sounds so obvious, but yet it's so overlooked, it's so ignored, and it's so misunderstood by so many students um, that you'll be so surprised um, that when it comes to doing like speaking practice questions, I'll ask the student a question and they'll pick up on what the topic is and just start talking about that topic. They haven't really listened to what the question was about that topic, you know, in particular. And they'll just, you know, pick up on the topic and they'll just start talking about it. It's really, really important to focus on answering the question. Listen to the question that's being asked and answer the question. So I'm going to give you a few tips now on how you can practice um, focusing on the marking criteria and answering the questions um, properly. So what I suggest you would do is take a few questions from the speaking test, so past speaking questions. Make sure they are, as always, I always say this, make sure they are authentic, real, official um, questions from um, IELTS, so either from the British Council, IDP, uh, on the IELTS website, um, you know, please make sure um, that you're getting it from there. Um, and what you need to do with those questions is, you know, take one question from part one. So do this step by step. So analyze part one questions first, then part two, and then part three. Analyze the questions one by one and ask yourselves these questions. What are they asking you? What is the question actually asking you? What will your answer to the question be? So, you know, you have to have, you have to answer the question initially. So for example, um, do you like to read? 
So you have to say either, yes, I do like to read, or no, I, I don't like reading at all. Or yes, I do like to read sometimes, but, and then whatever else you want to say. So, you know, you have to answer the question. Yes, no, sometimes. So answer the question directly. So you have to work out what your answer is going to be. Then think about what appropriate vocabulary can I use in the answer, in, in, in your response? So, you know, what vocabulary do you know that's accurate, that is appropriate and accurate for that answer, for your response? Then think about the grammar. What grammar structures are appropriate to the answer to the question? Um, you know, are you talking, is the question talking about something in the past, in the present, in the future, or are they, is, are they asking you, you know, to compare something from the past to now, or are they asking you to predict something that's going to happen in the future, you know, that, these things are going to affect what grammar structures you use, so you need to analyze that. Then you need to think about, okay, how am I going to structure my answer so it's logical and coherent? And then you would think about that. What will you say first? So like I mentioned, you know, answer the question first. And then what else? What other details would you add? So let's take a few examples. Let's take a few part one examples. So a question, a typical part one question is, what did you do on the weekend? So, okay, I'm going to analyze this question. What did you do on the weekend? So I need to think about weekend activities. What did I do? So how will I answer this question? Um, I didn't do much or my weekend was very busy because and then I'd give more details. So I need to answer that question. Um, and, you know, acknowledge that I have understood what the question is that's being asked of me. Then think about the grammar. So the question says, what did you do? So did um, so it's obviously in the past, so it's talking about the past weekend. So I have to think about the past structures. So think of activities. Okay, did I go swimming uh, with my friends? Did I go to the cinema? Did I just stay at home and watch TV all day? Um, what did I do? If you can't think of anything, and this goes for all parts of OET, uh, sorry, IELTS, for all parts of IELTS speaking, if you can't think of anything, just make it up. Just make up something. It doesn't matter. The examiner will not know. They don't care what you're saying. They just want to know how you're saying it, how you're communicating with them. So, you know, if your mind goes completely blank, you don't have an opinion, you can't remember what you did on the weekend, your mind's gone completely blank, just make it up. Um, just make up something. Anything will be fine. Just communicate with the examiner. So you could say something, I didn't do much last weekend. Um, so again, grammar, it's in the past. So I didn't do much um, last weekend. I just sat at home, watched TV, made dinner and read a book. It was a really good opportunity to just relax and rest after such a busy week at work. So that's just my response to that question. So I'm answering the question. I didn't do much last weekend. Um, uh, and then I'm giving some more detail about what I did do. 
I just relaxed, you know, sat at home, watched TV, made dinner and read a book. So I had a really relaxing weekend. And then I'm adding a bit more detail by saying it was a really good opportunity to just relax and rest. So it's okay if you didn't actually do anything on the weekend. You don't have to have this fantastic response that, you know, you went skydiving and then you, you know, um, I don't know, you went shopping and then you went to the cinema and then you were out all night. You don't have to have this exciting response. Um, Just it can be anything. Um, Just remember it's about communicating, expressing grammar, vocabulary, all the things we've just discussed. Okay, so let's take another example. How long have you been learning English? So this is another typical question for part one. How long have you been learning English? So let's look at the grammar. So we need to use present perfect continuous. So how long have you been learning? So you would need to respond to that by saying, I've been learning English for 11 years. So when you're talking about um, a period of time, you're saying for 11 years. So thinking about the grammar that's appropriate to the question that's being asked. Obviously, this response is too short. Uh, It answers the question, but we need to give some more information. So then you could add to that by saying you could talk about where you learned English in school, in college, whether you did a self-study course or you took private lessons, Um, you know, add some extra bit of information. Um, Perhaps you didn't learn in college or, you know, and you took some private lessons later on in life um, and you started from scratch privately by yourself. Did you find it hard or easy? You could mention something like that. So that's another bit of extra detail you could have added there. So you need to think about how, you know, the different aspects, the different elements of your answer, the grammar, vocabulary, the structure um, and Um, how you're going to put it all together and the extra bits of information that you're going to communicate to the examiner. You can't just give a short answer. Let's take a a part three, um, the most challenging part of the uh, IELTS speaking test. Um, So here's a question. Is going to the cinema more or less popular than it used to be, do you think? So is going to the cinema more or less popular than it used to be, do you think? So you need to think about the grammar. Um, It's saying used to be. So this is comparison language. You're comparing between the past and the present. So you need to start thinking about comparison language. You also need to decide on an opinion. Is it more popular or is it less popular now? Pick a side. Pick one or the other and stick to it. And then think of examples. So here we're thinking about structure now. So you're answering the question and then you need to add more details. So think of examples that can support and illustrate the reasons for your answer. Um, So pick one side and stick to it. What vocabulary is appropriate to use here? Um, uh, And kind of pick that apart and analyze that. What kind of vocabulary do you need to use? Um, You know, when you're comparing something, you know, comparing two things, what kind of language do you need to use? 
a good way of practicing your answers and listening for coherence and fluency, you know, um, is to record yourself, record yourself on your phone or some other device and listen to yourself, analyze um, how clear you were, you know, did you pause a lot? Did you hesitate a lot? Was it easy to follow what you said? Was it difficult? Then look at your pronunciation as well. Were you clear? Uh, perhaps get somebody else to check. You know, are they able to follow what you say? Are you clearly being understood? Um, and then you can, you know, where the problems are, if you are hesitating a lot, then that's something that you need to then go away and work at. Um, if pronunciation is an issue, you know, write down the words that you're pronouncing incorrectly and find out, use um, the Oxford Dictionary online um, and you can, you know, you can click on the word and it tells you how to pronounce the word correctly. Practice those words that you're pronouncing uh, incorrectly in that way. Um, for coherence, how will you structure your answer? How will you develop your answer with the examples? What factors, for example, have led to the increase or decrease um, for cinema popularity. You know, so you can mention things like Netflix, Sky Movies, DVDs, um, the cost of going to the cinema, things like that. And it's cheaper maybe watching it at home um, and it's more convenient as well, um, watching it at home. You know, what are the factors that you can add into your answer and how will you structure your answer? Really pick the questions apart. Make sure you're looking at each aspect of the marking criteria. Now, I know this sounds very long-winded right now. It's a really long process that you're, you know, picking the questions apart. But once you do this, once you get into the habit of doing this with every question you get, you will get into the habit of thinking like the examiner and making sure you give them what they want. And then you'll be able to do it all in your head. You know, you won't need to kind of pick it apart in this way, but you have to get into the habit. You have to get into the mind of the examiner in this way um, in order to get to that point where you can just do it all in your head. But as always, this takes time and it takes effort. So just keep practicing this way. Record and analyze yourself and you will see the improvement in your speaking. Um, you know, don't make your answers complicated. Don't try to show the examiner that you know very big complicated words or grammar structures. And don't try to use every single grammar structure that you that there is in your answer or every single word that you know, or you know, every single collocation or you know, phrasal verbs, or, you know, whatever, um, and idioms into your answer. You know, that's that's not what the examiner is looking for. The, this is not the aim of the test. If there were key words that you need to keep in your mind with regards to the speaking marking criteria, it would be this. It's accuracy, appropriateness, logical structure and flow. So accuracy, using accurate grammar, using accurate vocabulary um, in your answer. So words and grammar that you know are correct. Appropriateness, words and grammar uh, that is appropriate to the question that's being asked. Um, and having a logical structure and flow. So, you know, having a logical structure to your answer so it makes sense and it flows. There's a natural flow to the way you're speaking 
you're easy to understand and you know your pronunciation is good as well think of it more like a conversation with a friend or a colleague think about how you speak to them you know do you use really big complicated words or grammar structures no you don't you use normal appropriate language and grammar that is appropriate to the conversation that you're having you speak at a normal pace and what you say is logical and well-structured. So you need to approach the test in exactly the same way. I really hope you have found this episode useful. Please let me know if you have. I would love to get your feedback. And if there is something you would like me to do an episode on, uh, for IELTS or for OET, please just let me know. The details on how you can contact me are in the show notes of this episode. And remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. If you are not willing to change or implement advice and you keep doing the same thing, you will keep getting the same results again and again. Real progress, real improvement comes when you push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Please don't forget to like, subscribe and share this podcast with your colleagues and on your social media so that more people can benefit too. Take care and keep working hard.